0: Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right, my friends, you've tuned in to America's Home for Conservative, Not Bitter Talk, and I am your host, Todd Huff. It is a pleasure to be here. Hope you had a great weekend. We had a nice weekend. Um, so... Friday, I was uh, unexpectedly. I didn't think this was going to happen, uh, as we've kind of started our our travels here. But we were um, a series of things just kind of compounded, so we were not able to be in on Friday. So, also, I will later this week. Chris Dunham, who's been a guest on this program several times, does a fantastic job. I know many of you like listening to Chris. Uh, in my absence, he will be joining or filling in for us later this week. That is the plan, and so let's hit the ground running here uh, this morning. So let's let's start. Let's start by talking about this uh, this protest, this uh, the the truckers, the freedom convoy in in Canada. What do we have? 50,000? 50, 50,000 trucks, I believe, is what what I saw that made their way across Canada uh, Canada to the capital in Ottawa. And the truckers are united against the vaccine mandates. Now, it's, it's remarkable to look at some of the coverage of this. In fact, I saw a stupid, idiotic, moronic... I, 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 words fail me sometimes, even though we use words as a profession on this program. I take this very seriously because I want to articulate to you just how uh, pathetic, how uh, awful, how infantile, how intellectually inferior the radical left's ideas. I don't even want to call them ideas. They don't even qualify as ideas. Their their viewpoints and their feelings are. There's a a cartoon, I actually found this at theblaze.com, the cartoon, um, the artist, I be- I think this is the artist, he's the one that tweeted this, <clears throat> last name Deatter. adder Michael Deatter adder um, has a bunch of trucks making their way, a little, you know, a little cartoon thing here, not, you know, We've interviewed on this program. I've become, um, have, you know, built a little relationship, become friends with uh, local syndicated uh, political cartoonists. I think that's the actual title. Forgive me, Gary, if I got that a little bit wrong, but essentially that's what he does. Gary Varvel here, you know, in, in Indiana. Um, he is, he does this for a living. But what's good about Gary's art is that not only is it something that's, I don't know, politically timely. Um, it's it's good, interesting art. Whatever. That's that's all true. But it's also that the that the piece makes the correct point. And this art here, <laughs> this political cartoon, drawn up by Michael de Adder, um has a bunch of trucks with the word fascism on the side of fascism these truckers says michael de adder are fascist i mean it's it is remarkable the the political ineptitude not it's not even political it is academic ineptitude i mean here's a guy that this is his job right his job is to sit down and think about you look at the world and capture it in a political cartoon to make a, a, just a point. Something that's, you know, very, that really hits the nail right on the head, so to speak. And he has an opportunity. It's all he's thinking about all day. I don't know how many, you know, uh, cartoons this this Joker does a day, a week or whatever. Uh, he needed to put more time and thought into this one. Because he's calling the truckers fascists. Folks, fascists. It is, these... These folks have no idea about which they about which they speak. In fact, anyone at this particular point in time who is opposing government tyranny, government authoritarianism, to the radical left is is being termed deemed a fascist. Now, there certainly are fascists in uh, in our midst today, but contrary to popular opinion, fascism it's it, it is even amongst the learned political scientists, they'll tell you across the political continuum, you have communism on the far left of the political spectrum and fascism on the far right. And I dif- d- disagree with this vehemently. I think what you have, what you have are freedom-loving people on one end of the continuum. Let's call it the right. And the, you know, the left doesn't, Deny their love, uh, love affair, their affection for big government. They are proud of this. They're happy about this. They think that government can solve all things. That's why they are praising mandates. That's why people, uh, th- that's why these truckers are uniting to fight back against the mandates. They're saying, you know, these mandates are well outside the scope and control of government. These mandates are taking away my personal liberties. You're actually trying to decide what to do, what I must do with my body. And we're not going to put up with it anymore. We want to peacefully. This is another thing the radical left, if they wanted to, could learn from from this, is, is to see the peaceful nature of this. 50,000 trucks, folks, this is a remarkable amount of... Uh, trucks that were in this this convoy. I mean, it is it is a stunning, stunning thing to see. I'll tell you that since we've started traveling the country with our, uh, with our fifth wheel, which is um, to me it feels like I'm driving a a semi truck because I've not you know, been trained and had the experience in pulling large trailers uh, that these these truckers have around. Canada, North America, the United States, you know, just in general, truckers who move uh, products and, and and so forth around this nation helping. You know, it's 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 amazing. We got a, a, a supply problem now because of covid and because I would say more likely uh, this next part is more likely the case than the former part of the statement. But in addition to covid, uh, the government's response to COVID. So, we've got all these problems that have been caused by government. We've got truckers, truckers who have, you know, worked their hind ends off, sometimes with great opposition from the government. This being, of course, one of those cases. Same thing with healthcare workers. Healthcare workers, it was fine to put them on the front lines when there wasn't a vaccine. We had signs, we had, you know, we had. Uh, choreographed dances which i never got that, that stuff is just wacko I, I don't know if whatever but that that stuff is just kind of strange to me um when we're in the middle of a pandemic and we're watching nurses um it's usually at some democrat fundraiser or pep rally or whatever they're doing dancing up on stage you know kind of look like the electric slide or whatever they're they're doing up there i mean whatever to each his own um but you know we've we've had these people who have been on. The front lines, whether it be in healthcare, or, you know, trying to help with some of these problems. Truckers are one of this, uh, one of these groups of people who have not only who have been there to help us through these difficult times as we've had supply issues in the past. Um, but now they're being punished. At least that's a perception that, that many of them have. We're being punished. Now you've got the vaccine. It was OK for us to be out here doing our jobs as you see it, government, putting our lives at risk. You were cool with that until now we have a vaccine, and now you think you have the power to completely shut us down if we do not oblige and if we do not go along with the dictates and whims of Justin Trudeau in the the case of Canada or Joseph R. Biden or the CDC or whoever, whichever authoritarian, Dr. Fauci, whoever pops his or her uh, authoritarian head up next, It's like a game of whack-a-mole here. There's so many to choose from. But these authoritarians are coming out left and right, and folks said, we've had enough. We're not going to do this. We're drawing a line in the sand, and we're going to make a point. And man, oh, man, did they make a point. They have ruffled. Oh, they have ruffled the feathers. Ruffled the feathers of the radical left today, my friends. To the point to where this idiotic cartoon has the word fascism on the sides of the truck's. It is now fascism to oppose government telling you what you must do with your body as it pertains to COVID-19. Even when, even when we know, attention, YouTube censors. even when we know that you can still get COVID-19 after you've been vaccinated, even when we know, attention, Facebook censors, that you can transmit COVID-19 when you've been vaccinated, even when we know that you can be hospitalized and even die with COVID-19 after you've been vaccinated. And I'm not saying that the numbers are not lesser. I'm simply saying the numbers uh, that, that it's not, there's a, there's a lot of questions and a lot of problems someone can have with these things. And it's reasonable. It's not just reasonable. It's also their Liberty to make a choice as to what's best for them. But say, Uh, When it comes to these governments, they say, no, 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 no. You must comply or else, or else you lose your livelihood. Um, In some cases, in extreme cases, in places like the northern provinces of Australia, be locked in your homes, be put into COVID camps. I mean, truly, it's, it's like, it's, again, Crazy the 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 uh, the degree that we've we've traveled on these things on this response to COVID here in the past couple of years, and we're about two years in. By the way, Biden still still not cured it. I mean, we thought I thought he was going to walk in the office, snap his fingers, cure COVID. Check some other things. Oh, he also that reminds me. He how can we expect Biden to cure cancer, diabetes? And I always forget the third one. Do you remember Oz? Cancer, diet. He's going to cure three things: Alzheimer's. Is it Alzheimer's? She thinks maybe. I think it is Alzheimer's. Cancer, diabetes, and Alzheimer's. Biden's going to solve those or cure those. That's what he told us years ago, and I mean during the campaign, people cheered. To the, yeah, sounds wonderful. Except, I. It's just so. It's of course it would be great if that could happen. That's just not the way. Unfortunately, that that life works. You just don't get cures to these things because some liberal leftist, radical leftist politician walks on the scene and says, vote for me and I'll cure these things. It raises money. It gets people excited for a night or two. I'm still waiting for Obama. You remember this? I'm waiting for Obama to get to the bottom of what happened to that airliner that was shot down over Ukraine. Remember this? We're going to get to the bottom of this. He swore up and down. We're going to figure out. We, we never did anything with that. It's all for the moment. I, these are such teachable moments for anybody who wants to pay attention. The left has answers for everything. They never actually do anything. They tell us what they're going to do. And then, and then what happens is the previous fake promise made up utopian nonsense is drowned out by the next series of promises that they can control the levels of sea you know the sea levels around the world that they can uh, that they can make sure everyone's paid a certain amount by the way we'll talk about that too (laughs) you know we've listened to years to the radical left saying that the minimum wage should be $15 an hour and it's almost like they're celebrating because that's been the case in a lot of places right we see a lot of fast food work I mean a lot of people now which look I I'm not against anybody making anything I I think it would be great if people could make you know it's got to be what the market dictates right you just can't snap your fingers and suddenly people make whatever you want them to make I want people to be successful I want people to be able to achieve uh, their lifestyle goals and dreams and ambitions and all that thing. all that. It doesn't happen because the government says you've got to get paid more than you currently are. Usually what happens is that you have to take risks. You have to work hard to improve yourself. You have to f- basically <laughs> uh, tie everything you have, to your dream and take a leap you got to burn the ships as they say right i mean this is what you have to do it's not because somebody's giving you a five dollar an hour raise it's just not the way that that's done but the left thinks they can do all these things and yet they never do any of them they just promise the next thing and it when they promise the new thing it gets people excited People rally behind that idea. And, of course, it's the antithesis. It's the opposite. It's just not of the way things work. Doesn't happen that way. People just can't snap their fingers and solve your problems, it turns out. We have to be engaged in solving our own problems. <gasps> the audacity <laughs> to hear that on the radio. I mean, it, it is it is truly insane. And all the while, all the while, the left is creating more problems and more obstacles for those that they purport to help. Now, here's what I was referring to, and we'll talk about this as the program comes together, but I'm not done talking about this uh, Canadian uh, convoy as well. But real wages are now lower than before the pandemic. This is in the Washington Examiner, thanks to inflation. So they can go out there and tout, oh man, people are making more than they ever have. Okay, but they're real adjusted wages to... You know, adjusted to inflation, is actually less. This is this is precisely what happens when a leftist takes over. They get the headline. They get you to think that something is better because it sounds right at first glance. People get people are making more money. It's fantastic. Well, wait a minute. There's a little asterisk here. What does this mean? Oh, it's actually worth less than the lesser amount of money was before inflation. Well, look at that. Who in the world could have predicted that? Who in the world has been telling us stuff like that? Has it not been conservatives? Has it not been those who care about truth? Has it not been those who understand economics, who are trying with all their might to get people to listen and to understand and to prevent the destruction, further destruction of this great nation, our system of economics, our foundation, our constitutional form of government and so forth? Anyway, this is what happens, and we're going to talk more about both these things. But I want to talk uh, next segment a little bit more about this this uh, freedom convoy because it's people have awakened, right? People have awakened. People are people are cheering these folks on, and people have had enough. And that, to me, friends, is very, very encouraging. It. It's. I don't want to say discouraging. I don't. I don't think I get discouraged in that sense on these things, but it's. It's disheartening. I don't know. It's. To to see how our government responds and to see what we're really up against and to see people who buy into this stuff, and constantly, uh, just, buy lie after lie after lie that's peddled upon them. Are peddled on them by the federal government or by state, local governments as well. I've got a good friend who's dealing with similar things in local government. I mean, it's it's just it's a disease. It's it's a disease of the mind amongst some of these folks who think that they're God's gift to society by being elected, you know. And and the gig is up, right? The gig is up for a lot of these folks. Now, for other folks, there is still a lot of learning uh, left to be desired here but i am encouraged i th- i am encouraged more than discouraged when i think about the state of where we are today it's tense it's there's certainly things that are very concerning with where some of these radicals want to take us and where they might be able to take us in certain districts and parts of this country who just trust the government innately with every bit of their being be that san francisco seattle portland oregon some of these other radical leftist cities. But for every time I think about that, I am encouraged and reminded that there were 50,000 truckers in Canada who were willing to stand up, make themselves known. This did, not, this did not sit well with the powers that be in that great nation, with the media, as we see one of them has at least referred to them as a fascist, as I referenced. But this this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity to really make an impact, and turn the tide. Almost a re—I I hesitate to use this because I don't mean it in a spiritual sense. There is—I do think sometimes that they're related in the sense that we seek to find and, and follow truth. But there's a reawakening of sorts that's right here on our doorstep. People who are reawakening to the power of personal liberty, the power of limited government, the way that the founders created things things to work. And I'm super ultra long in this segment, my friends. Sit tight. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. (laughs) Welcome back, my friends. They don't even know. They, the media, they, the radical leftists, do not even know what fascism is they want you to think that they do they want you to think that they are so smart they've got everything figured out they you know have all the answers and they're here to tell you what fascism is which fascism to the radical left just means conservatism which what's funny is that again as i said earlier fascism folks is not at the Look, the way that my political uh, thinking of a political continuum works is you've got the status, the authoritarians at one end, right? People who think government should have more control. And you've got the people who think government should have less control at the other end. So let's say the left, which they're happy to accept the uh, moniker of <laughs> big government, I guess. They they are more inclined at the far end of that spectrum is having a government that has ultimate uh, ultimate control, authority over you in your life, right? The more control they think, some think, not all, some think the better, right? Now, some will say, well, I don't want to take it to that extreme. I love having these de- debates with people, though, because for those who – think that a little bit of government control is okay because that's in your best interest. It really becomes tricky, folks. It really becomes tricky once you open the door to government taking away your liberties where you really draw the line because it becomes an issue of uh, precedent or just the values. And that's why our founders said (laughs) – The founders were so brilliant. I wish more... I know you understand this, but I wish more people would understand this. The founders were brilliant. They said, we have control. We, the people, have control. But I'll tell you what. We understand that men are not angels. And so we are going to agree to have a federal government. But here's the thing, federal government. You're not going to tell us how to live our lives. We're going to tell you what you actually have control over. We are going to to tell you, by the power that we have, where we are going um, to give you authority, right? And so they went to great lengths, my friends, to articulate this in the Constitution. An authoritarian thinks the exact opposite of that. An authoritarian, and they make it sound, they can make it sound, I don't want to say good because I'm onto the... (laughs) I've been onto the trick for some time. Many of you have uh, been onto that as well. But they can make it sound to many so pleasing, so, so tempting to believe that what they say is true because it's, there's always some altruistic reason to follow their line of thinking. Oh, well, it's for the good of others, which I'm for the good of others, right? I mean, in fact, if you listen... Uh, any length of time to this program, you'll hear me say things like, "My freedom to swing my arm ends where your nose begins, and vice versa." That's for the that's the best interest of others. I believe, personally, believe in the notion that we should, well, at least I'll, I'll speak for myself that I, that I, my children, that we should be involved in, you know, making making our communities better. But it's not for someone else to tell me how to do that, right? In fact, I may think that what someone else thinks is good is actually completely bonkers and not good, right? But the left wants you to wants you to think that hey, you have to do what's good, and we're the arbiters of that. We're the ones who get to decide that, and you don't even have to be. We, we won't even have. We don't want to be bothered with the the problem of having to persuade you. We're going to tell you. We're going to tell you that you have to think gay marriage is a good thing, just as an example. We're going to tell you, by law, that you have to think abortion is a good thing, right? I mean, this is this is how they go, and it often goes through the courts, which we've talked about that uh, at length at times as well. This is their strategy. This is the way that they do it. They don't want to go through the people. In fact, did you see, speaking of the Supreme Court, Biden... They did a poll, an Ipsos poll, I think, said that 74%, 76% maybe, it was around three-quarters of Americans, said, and good for America. This this is another reason that I want to cheer for the United States, the, the, not the country I always want to cheer for, and the ideas of the country I always want to cheer for. Seeing what happens in practice with some of the, uh, the things that people are, I don't know, uh snookered into believing and thinking are true not always I'm not always content with that. In fact, sometimes I want to cry myself to sleep kidding but not kidding. so but Americans are on this. Biden's out there saying, you know what folks I'm gonna nominate not sure which I'm not sure which black woman I'm gonna nominate for the Supreme Court yet, but it's important to me, that we nominate a black woman to the Supreme Court. He said this. He said this for a long time. I told you this. I reminded you of this even before he made any announcement, just after the day after um, Breyer announced his, his retirement. I said, the only thing Biden's told us is that it's going to be a black woman. That's it. Now, he can change that, but as of right now, that's the only criteria, which is patently ridiculous and absurd. Again, not that being a black woman is either uh, a plus or minus for being a Supreme Court justice. What matters? This is how this is how they get people who are radically different than American uh, mainstream Americans on the court. This is how they, they circumvent a real vetting process because they I'm telling you, they put pressures on some of these senators and some of these senators, who are wimps, who are, maybe they are conservative, but they just can't stand the heat. They really want to get out of the kitchen. If they feel like they're going to be called racist for opposing a radical leftist Supreme Court justice because of her gender and her race, They'll just there's a temptation there to just go along to avoid that when it literally has nothing, nothing at all to do with it. I mean, we literally, Republicans... Helped confirm through the nomination of uh, Bush, George H. W. Bush, Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas, folks, the 2016 presidential candidates were some of the most diverse group of people that we've had running. Period. We had Bobby Jindal, who was an Indian American. Uh, was Nikki Haley in that group? Was she actually? But she, her name's, but an Indian American. We've got. Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz, Hispanic American, right? I mean, we had uh, Carly Fiorina. We had Ben Carson, black American, female, executive of Hewlett Packard. I mean, down the list, which again, look, I look at that and say it's fantastic that people of all different groups can run for president. That's what I think. But it doesn't make any difference to me, which What the person's gender and race is what matters is who's going to actually move the ball on conservative ideas and principles, not how the left looks at it. They use race. They use gender. They use anything, sexual orientation, guilt. They call you names if you oppose someone. And look, they didn't even mention, didn't even mention these things when Republicans are running and they, I mean, Sarah Palin. Right. Sarah Palin could have been America's first vice uh, female vice president. But I don't remember a big hub. I actually I'm saying that sarcastically. Of course, there wasn't a hubbub about that. That would have played to the emotions of people who just want to vote for those reasons. Ah, First American female vice president. Let's maybe vote for for her. Had literally nothing to do with what I liked about Sarah Palin back in 2008. Right. I mean, this is the way that this works. And again, it shows just how empty, empty these ideas are. Anyway, quick timeout is in order, my friends. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your one and only host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So I was... I don't have much time here this segment. Um... So I was gonna share with you. Well, what we're gonna do here, what we're gonna do here is is square this up so that we can talk about something else I mentioned earlier in the show, earlier in the program. Um, which is this real wage, this is a headline in Washington Examiner real wage is now lower than before pandemic thanks to inflation. I'm gonna walk through that. We've already kind of touched on that as we were talking about just just the scorched earth way that the radical left approaches political problems. They they do. They well sometimes it's not even problems. It's just the results of their ideology. Their ideology is so <laughs> it just morally bankrupt, backwards, wrong, dangerous. And it's just creates massive problems when it's implemented. We've seen it. We've seen it. But what they do is (laughs) they, they act like the problem is that they're not communicating their ideas well enough. The problem is they are communicating their ideas well enough. We know, those of us that pay attention especially, we know just exactly what their ideas are. The problem is we don't like them. This is why they use the Supreme Court the judicial system to you know legislation that's 3500 pages long they sneak something in there and article 26 subsection a whatever right i mean just section 1 subsection a blah 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 tucked in there oh here's a free you know free pass for anyone who's here in this country illegally to become a citizen i'm just picking a random thing this is the sort of thing the sort of thing that they do. And of course, the way that they talk about that piece of legislation is how it's going to change. Oh, it's going to make the lives of the average person so much better. There's going to be free this, free child care, free daycare, free oil changes, free tire rotations, free whatever, right? Whatever nonsense they come up with next. Paternity leave, maternity leave for babies or pets, or you name it, whatever. Just whatever the wish list is, just throw it in there. And then tuck these things in there, the American people, never. Heck, half the, no, almost every single person in the Senate or the House is not reading this legislation either. They pass it. This is why Nancy Pelosi says we have to pass the bill to find out what's in the bill. Remember this stuff? And these are supposed to be the smartest, most gifted among us. If they were only given only given a chance, if Trump didn't come along, their utopian promises would have been fulfilled by now, blah, blah, blah. It's just not an accurate depiction of reality whatsoever. And so these jokers continue to march us towards insanity, upping the ante because they freak us out. They cause hysteria. They cause fear. They play to people's, uh, you know, those, those emotions in people. They play to those. They want us to believe that it's, you know, that it's not, Their ideas are great, but we just—they haven't explained them to us. Explained it to us well enough. But they have, they have. We don't like it, just like people don't like Biden saying he's going to pick a black woman to be a Supreme Court justice. I mean, how patently ridiculous is this to say? And it's not because it's a black woman, just to be on the. I don't care if it's a white man. That's patently absurd and ridiculous. Totally insane. But that's what matters to the radical left because, again, they use that to play against people, to play on their emotions. Why don't you have someone representing this ethnic group, this gender, this whatever on the Supreme Court? Well, newsflash Biden, President Biden, I don't mean that disrespectfully, but newsflash, Supreme Court is not meant to be a representative body. The Supreme Court is to interpret the law that's supposed to be written by a representative body, not just by edict and decree by our current old white man president. And a few minutes ago I talked about, last segment I talked about in 2016, 2016 Republicans gave us a very diverse ticket. The Democrats, what do they give us? Four old white guys in a Clinton. That's what they gave us, four old white guys in a Clinton. Of course, my favorite was sexy, sexy, sexy Martin O'Malley back in 2016, although I think his political career may have come to a crashing halt. I don't know what he's he might be an ambassador who knows he's probably getting you know some sort of special assignment from the Biden administration. But this is what they give us, four old white guys in a Clinton. I mean truly from the group that always preaches you know ethnic racial diversity, that's what they give us. They do this because it politically gives them an advantage. It helps them not have to talk about the issues that are really important. Let's keep it superficial, skin deep. Let's make it about something historic. Let's play to people's emotions and fears and stir up all these things that are in America's uh, America's past. And let's use those as Trojan horses to slip our real ideology in under the cover of darkness or whatever inside the Trojan horse, however you want to look at this, to prevent the American people from really seeing what's going on. But people are awakened, my friends. 76% of the people say, how about Biden just look at all of his choices, not just the black women? How <laughs> how stupid does this sound? I just, I can't believe I'm uttering these words here in 2022. Tw- quick time out, my friends. Oz has lost her mind here telling me it's time to take a break. Sit tight back in just a minute. I, I wanted to get to this, too. New York Times, I tell you what, gotta love them. New York Times, This is. I'm reading this, I saw this in Red State. Redstate.com, New York Times goes full bore delusional explaining how Biden attacking Ducey was, quote, feel good moment. So they literally tweeted, <laughs> uh, I, I get entertained and humored by some of this stuff. This is a legit tweet, January 29th, 7.20 a.m. The spectacle of President Biden, this is from the New York Times, the spectacle of President Biden lobbing an unintentionally amplified expletive at a reporter from Fox News turned out to be one of the most unlikely feel-good moments of his time in office. Folks, as I read this, I might agree. This might be (laughs) Biden calling a reporter at Fox News a stupid SOB. I'm sorry, I'm just, you know, for the sake of time, and that's what he called him. Except for he didn't use the abbreviation. but One of the, the, the feel-good, uh, the most unlikely feel-good moments of his time in office. It might be the most, the best time, the best thing he's done, period. Keep in mind when Trump did this, they said that this was a, a war on democracy. I mean, this was fascism as we know it. It's the, Feel-good moment of the year for the Biden presidency. Can't make this stuff up my, up, my friends. Back in just a minute. Yeah, that's a feel-good moment for the New York Times. I mean, we're supposed to believe that these folks are unbiased journalists who are simply there to try to tell us the truth of what's going on in Washington, D.C. I mean, give me, give me a break. That's just simply not the way... That this works. And it's becoming more and more obvious to people, folks. And that that is a thing that I consider to be uh, a good byproduct of, of some of the absolute crazy nonsense we've walked through here the past the past 12 months. And again, it's only been 12 months. Only been 12 months. And we're about to see a midterm that's shaping up to be a shellacking. Because more and more people see what's actually happened here. Folks, I've got to go. Thanks so much for listening. Have a wonderful day, a great week. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.